Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Welcome to our first solo podcast with just us two right now. And um, you're, you're here with your hosts, Greg and Thomas, and you are Breaking Through with Apollo. And today... We are going to be talking about something that has definitely been more of a trend in the industry recently, especially with the current climate as it is and most people are quarantined, and that is the art of self-taping and how there are more self-tapes nowadays as well. Right, and that's going to continue uh, even when this the whole coronavirus passes, whenever that will be. We really don't have any idea on that. Uh, I think it's gonna go. Mu- it's been already going much more to self tapes, and with this, it'll be even more. Even for casting directors in the city, and we're already seeing that uh, before this happened, that mm-hmm. a lot of LA casting directors are doing self tapes, even when you live in the city. And the reason being is it's much much easier for them um, from their perspective. It's way better to do because they can go through self tapes much quicker than each time having to bring a person in. And if they feel like the person doesn't fit it at all or the look doesn't right, they can just skip the video. So they can they can save time a lot faster. And lastly, it's really good for actors uh, because you can... Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword, really, because there's also a good thing about going in person and building the relationship. But what the good thing is about self-tape is you can make your best take. That's, that's a big strength. And... Um some people ask, like, what is the difference between going in person and, and getting a self-tape done? For starters, the Southeast market, for example, has done self-tapes pretty much forever. And I'm personally a big fan of them. However, there are those that say going in person might be the better idea. Again, in person, people can get a sense of your energy a lot better. You can get adjustments by the casting director. So let's say they do think you're right for the part. Or maybe they're just helpful to give you adjustments. You can get it right then and there and it can steer you in the right direction. That being said, like Greg said, a lot of times you can get your best take in a very stress-free environment by doing a self-tape at home, and especially if you have a group of actor friends or a good coach or other teachers. um, You can get that audition coached up and and really put your best leg forward. Yeah, exactly. And look, if you have a choice, always go in person, obviously. or In person, in my opinion, is almost always better. Um, but when most, like, like I said, there's a lot more self tapes now than ever. So we're going to talk about what really makes a good self. tape. Why do you think people should go in, in person? I think they should be, go in person for what you talked about. I think it should be, um, you build a relationship, they get a sense of your energy. And honestly, it's still a people business. It, so when they meet people that they like, that they remember, even if they're maybe not as good an audition as another person, they might have a leg up just because of that. Because you got to think the casting directors are sending this through, sure. But if they like you, they're going to keep bringing you in as well. Obviously, you have to be a good actor. That's the bare minimum. But again, you get really no sense of someone's personality. You don't really build a relationship when you're doing self-tapes at all. Whereas in person, that's just a huge plus. So right now, we're going to go a little bit into, as Greg said earlier, what makes a really good self-tape. And we're going to first start off by talking a little bit about the technical side of a self-tape. Now, a couple years ago, 
they used to say as long as you have an iPhone and some okay lighting, you're good to go. But there's some incredible self-taping services out there like Intrepid Tapes and Bjorn Camaro who do some really, really fancy self-tapes. And a lot of times you can get a little bit of a leg up if, you're, if your equipment is up to par. Many people have a great self-tape studio. I know I have a great self-tape studio at my place, which a bunch of my actor friends and I, we all tape ourselves at my place. Um, and let's get a little bit into that, what a great self-tape place looks like or studio looks like if you're going to have one at home, which I'm a big fan of. First things first, lighting. If your lighting is, lack of a better word, crap, I don't know if I would even submit it because it can just take away from the performance like crazy. Right, light, light, the lighting and the audio are probably the top two things that are more important than anything. If you have great lighting and you have some kind of audio to add to your iPhone, then like even a, an iPhone can sometimes be okay. Th those two are the top two, lighting and audio. I use personally a, um, a Rode shotgun mic. Um, they're like 50 to 70 bucks. You, if you want to get fancy, you can get a boom with it and, and place it above you when you're doing your um, when you're doing your scene, just to kind of get that that intimate sense. So you don't have to always speak super loud just to be able to be heard. So you really get that. Um, if you have an intimate scene, it can be very beneficial. Um, after that, a, a backdrop. Now, yes, if you have a white wall, you could use that. But I'm I mean, there's so many things. People well, one one second. Let's let's go back to the lighting for a sec before we move on to the backdrop. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can add to the lighting if you want to get a little bit more professional. And the, the, look, these are just accents. Obviously, start bare bones first and work your way up. But with the lighting, you can also do something called three-point lighting, which really can make your eyes pop on the screen a lot more. Uh, and a lot of the good self-tape studios will do that, and it does make a slight difference. Look, and those are all accents, obviously, that make it a little bit better. But like I always tell my actors, it's important to always try to get 1% better. It's Every just like bit, yeah. anything else in life, like Jordan was still working on his shots, still adding stuff to his repertoire when he was the best in the world. So it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't be getting every part of your acting skill set better. And that's Michael Jordan for those of you out there that may not be as sports savvy. Um, there's a lot of YouTube videos about how to do a three-point lighting set. You can literally just type it into YouTube and there's a bunch of tutorials and how to set it up and how to do it. Um, the lighting set I don't remember exactly which one I bought, but you can find easy lighting sets for 150 bucks usually online. Not that much, uh, like with soft box lighting and everything. Big fan of those. And then after that, um, backdrops. So originally I had painted my walls a certain color so it would be great for self-tapes. But then a friend of mine ended up having this like backdrop that is pretty small but looks fat. like on camera you don't notice it's small. It's like a circular Almost like a drape, but in a very circular Yeah, you can look form. it up on Amazon. It's really cheap. I think it was like 10, 20 bucks. But um, what's great about that is it switches from one side is gray and the other side's blue. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because a lot of times you see people submitting, let's say, very dark, dramatic pieces or auditions uh, with a, like a bright blue background. And that's fine. As like it's if if that's all you got, that's fine for now. But it's not congruent with the scene. It's just like when you go to an audition, you want to be wearing clothes that are congruent to the audition. So if you're going to something like let's say Walking Dead, you wouldn't want to be wearing these bright red, colorful clothes that look like they belong in a sitcom. 
just like in the audition, you probably don't want for The Walking Dead this like bright, airy, happy background when the show is very dark and brooding. So gray fits the show way better. So it's very important. And you can adjust the lighting there too, obviously. Obviously, you're not going to brighten it up completely if the show has a much darker tone to it. So like Greg said, backdrop, lighting, even if you're going to use a, a, a shotgun mic or not, um, I mean with a boom, all that will depend on the addition that you have. And then the last thing is the camera. Now, a lot of people think that's the most important thing, but nowadays so many cameras are more than qualified to do a self-tape for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think the camera thing is ironically the thing that everyone worries the most about or starts the most with. When out of all the things, it's probably last on the line. It's still important. You still see it different when it's a really nice one. But honestly, if you even an iPhone 11 or whatever we're at now is... Uh, is quality-wise, video-wise, almost looks as good as anything as long as you have the mic and the lighting as well. Now, with the backdrop. Yeah, with the backdrop. When you have all that, then even an iPhone can do. But otherwise, obviously, it's better to have a camera because it's just a little bit better again. I have a Canon 5D myself. Um, works fantastic for self-tapes more than enough. Um, and that's really the basic setup on the technical side of a good self-tape. Next part that we want to talk about a little bit is the importance of a good reader. And yeah, and this is something else that that's so important. And I really noticed the difference myself when uh, my actors submit self tapes when they have a good reader and when they don't, because it's it's that's acting, right? You can talk a lot more about that about the craft. Well, than I, I can. mean, you'll see it as uh, as a manager. Like, imagine being a cast director. And you see an actor with a good self-tape and their reader is obviously not an actor monotonely reading the lines. For one, it gives the actor a lot less to work with because acting is a lot about, as many know, reacting, taking, having a point of view about what the other person's saying and then reacting to that point of view. And if the person doesn't give you anything, you're really having to create a lot from nothing. So that's one thing. And, that's, and that makes it really tough. And I know this because... I'm the worst person to read with in general. Yes. I'm a terrible actor. Yes. So I, I even I in general, even with my brother, I tell him not to read with me because it's not the best. He's horrendous. I don't know how after this many years he doesn't have a, a smidgen of an acting bone on his body, but that's a whole other story for another time. Although you did have that one for the Vampire Diaries, one where you pretended to be Damon that you're oh, pretty yeah, good at. Oh yeah, when I channel Damon, I'm very good. He was a good Damon <laughs> Salvatore. Anyway, for those Vampire Diaries fans out there. Um, but that being said. There was a tape, a good friend of ours and one of my brother's actors, um, Brad Benedict, he booked a series regular on a show, and then one of the notes he got was that they really loved his reader, ironically. Um, and, and, and that goes to show the importance of it. Like, a good reader will give you a lot w without overtaking the scene. They'll, their acting will be subtle. It won't be vocally super loud. It'll be a lot softer than how you're doing it. But they'll give you something great to work with, and you're really having a scene with them. So... As much as you can, try to avoid your. If, if spouse is not an actor, your friend's not an actor, go get a real actor to help you out, or go get a coach or something, someone that really knows this kind of stuff, so that the reader sounds good too. Believe me, it is incredibly distracting when there's a good actor and their reader is obviously just line reading and being monotone. Like, you want to get every little bit that counts. Totally, totally, exactly. So, t talk a little bit about what you mean with using your best take. I'll, I'll expand into that after you. 
So that's an interesting one, and it's also obviously very subjective. But the great thing about a self-tape is obviously that you can do different takes and you can pick your best ones out of it. A lot of times what I'll do personally is if I think I got it, my friends and I, whoever's taping, will say, all right, let's go hall pass style now. Now just do one where you're just free, loose, and do whatever the F you want. And it doesn't even have to be completely on character, whatever. Like, mess around with it a little bit. And the ironic thing is when you think you got it and it's all on your body, and then you give yourself the commission to just kind of mess around with one, that usually ends up being the take that you end up taking. And the hardest thing is choosing, obviously, what you think your best take is. That's the thing. And and sometimes I think I think at the end of the day, you're just going to have to actually go a little bit with your gut, but it's still a good idea to get feedback. Yep. So especially if you have an agent or a manager, if it's like if it's something you're really not sure about, especially if it's a big audition, definitely add ask feedback to your reps and your other actor friends can help as well. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to make the end decision because you could ask five people and they might like four or five different takes. Who knows? So you have to still make the decision at the end of the day because at the end of the day, no one knows exactly what casting wants. So even if me as a manager says, I think this is the best take, that's my taste of it. That doesn't mean that's the one that's going to for sure get you booked because I no one knows what casting exactly wants. So at the end of the day, it's better. To, it's just like when you walk into an audition in person, just be decisive and make your decision that you think's your best at the end of the day. And to expand on that, a reason that self-tape's so great and why I also recommend people to tape their auditions even before they go in person just to see what it looks like is what you feel and think you did a lot of times is a lot different than what shows up on camera. I've had so many self-tapes where I thought, okay, that's the scene right there. I really felt that. And then afterwards, I'd end up looking at the at the takes and ended up picking one before that because it looked a lot better on camera and it conveyed everything I, I wanted it to convey and tell the story. So again, Look at it objectively, not so much by what you felt was the right one, but instead look at it, you know, afterwards with yeah, all the takes. Yeah, that's key. Make sure that you definitely look thoroughly at your takes because like he said, sometimes you feel something's good, but then it actually didn't look that great. And that's why I tape yourself before your in-person editions too with your friends just to see how it looks on camera. So and one thing I want to talk about too, um, once you get all through all your self-tapes, is when to submit your self-tapes. I can't tell you how many times that I see actors submit very last minute or like 10 minutes before the deadline. And it's not smart because the majority of the actors are doing that. So they're getting a bunch of self-tapes at the same time, which means, let's say they need to make a fast decision. They're going to scroll faster through these auditions. But not only that, if you get... If you put the self-tape in before, let's say two days before, let's say you, like you have four or five days and you put it in two days before the deadline, at least they're definitely looking at it. You have a higher chance of getting looked mm -hmm. at. It also happens, and I know for a fact this happens because I've seen it happen and I've had casting tell me that too, is that they might look at a couple self-tapes early on and all of a sudden be like, oh, that's the guy. That's who we want. And then they don't even look at the rest of the self-tapes. That happens sometimes. And that's something to be very careful of because... A lot of times people wait to the last day to do their tape, thinking they have more time to prepare, et cetera, et cetera. And they may have already cast the role a day or two before. So you put all this work in, you go to an expensive taping service, you get your friend to clear a schedule to help you out, and you did all this stuff, and they might not even check your tape out because they found their guy a day earlier. So as soon as you can get that tape in, that's when you want to submit it. Like Greg said, you're at least guaranteed that it's going to get watched at that point, and which is another opportunity to get in front of a casting director and, and for them to see your work. 
Look, at the end of the day, obviously, you need to have the best preparation, the best take. So if it hurts how good you're going to do the audition, obviously, wait a little bit. But what I would say is as early as you can get your best take in, do that as early as possible. So next, we want to talk a little bit about dressing the part. I'm a big fan that you dress the part regardless. And what I mean, I don't mean getting into a costume. Like if you're playing a doctor, you don't have to put a doctor's coat. Yeah, definitely. In general, I'm not a fan of that. Like don't don't wear these Halloween costumes that just honestly sometimes look like ridiculous. Like dress to suggest the character, obviously, and as much as you can. But it's being, it's, it blows my mind. Even in in-person editions, I sometimes see a, like a businessman rolling somebody coming in with like flip-flops. Like I've seen it happen multiple times. I'm I mean, not Chad Michael Martin. <laughs> Did you see no, it? but it was somebody else on One <laughs> Tree Hill at my actor. audition. It was the guy who played Skills, ironically enough. Uh, anyway, you didn't get that from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dress to suggest the character. Like you want to make casting's life easier. Like they don't want to have to imagine this guy with the flip flops and his hair all shaggy. It, as a, as a upscale businessman, like if you're coming in as an upscale businessman, wear the nice suit. Um, you know, slick your hair back, whatever it is you got to do, you know, put the tie pin in, whatever it is, cufflinks, like you want to make castings, they want to boom, they want to see you and they want to see you explode off the screen and immediately be like, okay, that's our guy, that's our high-end businessman or whatever it is. So suggest a character, you don't have to go like put a cop uniform on if you're a, if you're a cop, obviously, but suggest it as much as you can. Exactly. And look, the recurring theme of all of this is make casting's job as easy as possible mm-hmm. to choose you. Just always keep that in mind with all your decision making. What makes their job easier and what, what makes me the easiest choice? That's a good way to think about it. Um, and the last couple of things we want to talk about is um, being off book. Being off book. So I actually want to talk. Now, this is a, is very polarizing, controversial at times because there's some schools that teach their actors always have the script on you, make sure that you at least flash a script in your self-tape so they know it's not a final performance, always have et cetera, et cetera. Look, here's my philosophy on it, and, and Greg, you can chime in if you agree. And this came directly from Lisa Zambetti, the cast director of Criminal Minds, and I, and I agree with her on this. Especially self-tapes, I am a big fan of just being fully off book. And honestly, in all my editions, being fully off book, when I'm in person, will I bring my script? Sure, I'll bring it just in case. But on self-tapes, I don't have that script in my hand. Like for me, I'm doing it scene ready. I'm trying to give it 100% as if that's a final take right there. And I'm totally fine with that. Exactly. Completely agree with that. I mean, if, if I look through the years, all the people that book the most are always off book. It's And even casting directors say that, that in general, the people that book are the ones that are off book. It's super key. And you like there's no excuse with a self-tape to not be off book unless it's one of those rare occasions that they and we've had it happen a couple times that they send a self-tape that's doing like two hours then maybe i can understand that you maybe in that case you're not completely off book but otherwise in normal situations you should always be off book and to expand on that as well again going back to lisa and betty i mean it was based off data that actors who were off book completely, who weren't on their script with their eyes the whole time, were the ones that booked most, not just from her own office, but from other offices too. She had a whole list of criteria about what made an actor book, and one of the big ones was being fully off book, fully present with who you're with, not having your eyes on the screen all the time. Doesn't mean that you don't have a shot if you happen to look at your script now and then, of course not, but be as off book as possible, if not fully, it will increase your chances um, to book the role. 
Yep. And then lastly, um, we want to make sure that your slate is good as well. And sometimes that's a good opportunity to, um, show to even, even show yeah. some personality. You know, it's, it's, you don't have that much chance with a self-tape to show that. Slate's maybe the only thing. Don't overdo it, obviously. But you have a good story about a callback that you had not like, so, pretty recently about it. Yeah. And, and this kind of expands like... There's no rules to any of this. And I used to be very much like, slate your name. Hi, my name is Thomas, six foot tall, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. I add as much personality as as is appropriate as I can now of whatever comes organically to me. Uh, About last September or August, I was in my honeymoon in Santorini, Greece. And for those who haven't been, it is an incredible place. It is like the most beautiful place on earth almost. I decided to crash it too while while they were on honeymoon. Somehow he ended up on the same island one day, which... I'm not sure quite how that happened. How'd you get here? Yes, coincidentally. My wife was not happy. Anyway, so I told my agents I'd booked out for my honeymoon week and my wedding. I said, this is what the one time I'm not going to do any tapes. And of course, that's the one time that we had a great opportunity where I had an audition to play a Belgian character from the Flemish part of Belgium, which is where I originally am from. And how many roles like that come along? So she said, can you do it? I know you're on a honeymoon. Can you do it anyway? I said, okay, fine. I'll tape it. I got a couple cereal boxes as, as to, to, to put the iPhone on to like stand it up and everything. I mean, it was totally like MacGyver style, if, if anyone out there still knows MacGyver, um, to get it done. And I remember during my slate, I was slating, hey, it's Thomas Beckers. And funnily enough, I'm on my, I said something like, I'm on my honeymoon. And then I just turned the camera and showed him the ocean of in Santorini. I'm beautiful Santorini, Greece and all. And it ended up getting a callback on the edition and, and, and the cast ended up loving it, the slate. They thought it was super fun. And but it made sense at that time. So you're not like per se gonna be looking to just be creative in a slate for no reason. Like remember that actor from um Stranger Things who had that like crazy slate and all that? Yeah, yeah. That afterwards you had a bunch of actors start doing crazy slates because that actor did it, but that's not like coming from you anymore. You wanna expand yeah, on that? Not, it's not you anymore. Like look, in for the most of your slates, you're probably just gonna have very normal slates. So it's not like, hey, I, I got to add creativity to every fucking slate that I do. You don't have to do that. It's just when the opportunity is, you know what the, the best advice is actually is don't take that slate super seriously. Bingo. In, in my opinion, like a lot of times they're not even looking at these slates. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Show your so, personality. So it's like, don't take it so serious and be all stiff because it's it's really boring. So just just do your thing. If something organically comes up, like Tom with Santorini or something or you just have a very bubbly personality and, and that fits that role as well like whatever you can do sure do that you know what I mean like be human about it I think that's that's good advice for even everything. going in person auditions yeah everything but also for in person auditions is don't like get too much in your head just be human and connect with other people so do that with the slates as well and the last thing I'll I want to quickly add still about doing good self-tape and honestly this will doubly apply for going in person or self-tape is making sure that the first 10 to 15 seconds of your audition is incredibly strong your point of view is strong you make strong choices because like greg said casting might look only for the turn first 10 15 seconds at your tape and they might decide right then and there if you're right or not so make sure that those first 10 15 15 seconds are strong clear clear point of view and then uh and then you're off to the races Perfect. I think we covered a lot there. Um, in general, there's very few actors that have everything covered that we talked about. So this is just another opportunity for you to get 1% better. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have. 